Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of the Policy Matters podcast. This episode, we're going to be focusing on cannabis legalization and its effects on the labor and employment community generally. I'm going to take a step back real quick and let the audience a little bit into this podcast host's personal life. This past weekend, before the 4th, I was doing what many would consider the most California thing one could do is riding a scooter back from spin class. When I took a tumble and fractured my scapula because the car pulled out in front of me now, PSA for everyone out there thinking about scooting, please wear your helmet, because if I was not wearing my helmet, I would not be here with these fine folks today discussing this wonderful policy matters topic. And to that end, we are going to start in, once again, the state of California where I'm from and where I had my scooter incident. Way back in 1996, California passed what's called Proposition 2015, which basically legalized certain medical marijuana as long as you could get a card from your primary caregiver. It also allowed for certain personal cultivation of marijuana. Now, when the Prop 215 first started in 1996, the federal government was still keen on doing certain raids, whatnot, coming into California and basically ensuring that federal laws were still being enforced properly. That all kind of stopped basically with the Obama administration. Now, marijuana was still legal on a federal level, but then Attorney General Eric Holder issued a memo essentially saying that, you know, these raids that were happening out of the George Bush and the Bill Clinton administration would not continue, and some of the dispensaries here in California were able to to flourish much more than they were before. Back when I was a young and dreaming law student, then U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of California, Benjamin Wagner, came to our law review symposium here in Sacramento at the McGeorge School of Law, which was focused specifically on marijuana legalization. And then U.S. Attorney Ben Wagner came to the podium to give what was supposed to be a 10-minute speech on legalization, and it turned out to be 30 seconds of him saying cannabis is illegal on the federal front, and that he just left. And that was the end of his symposium talk. Since then, and around the same time, Californians put on the ballot Proposition 19, which actually failed. Now, Proposition 19 was in 2010, and it faced a stiff opposition, particularly from, of course, police unions and law enforcement organizations, but also from some of the more prevalent dispensaries in what's referred to here in California as the Emerald Triangle, which is Mendocino County and Humboldt County and the area up in Northern California that grows a lot of the marijuana here. Now, that ended up failing, but four years later, on November 8, 2016, Proposition 64 passed. The Adult Use of Marijuana Act, it passed with 57% of the vote very easily, legalizing cannabis for any adult 21 and over. Now, what I think is interesting, there's something called ABC here in California, which is the agency that enforces the alcohol and beverage laws. Now there's a cannabis control agency that does the same thing. And if you go on its website, you'll see how busy it is and how many permits it's given. Now, we'll get to the issue at hand. Specifically, we have here our wonderful guests, Jen Mora and Stan Judkowitz. Jen and Stan, would you like to introduce yourselves real quick? 
Sure. I'm Jennifer Moore. I'm the senior counsel from Sidebar Shot San Francisco office, and I've been helping employers try to navigate cannabis laws across the country for many years now. Dan? I'm Stan Jutkowitz. I'm the founding head of the firm's cannabis practice, and I work primarily in the business area with firms making investments in cannabis companies, representing cannabis companies in various types of commercial transactions and providing risk assessment for non-cannabis companies that wish to do business with the cannabis industry. Well, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to have both of you guys here, and I think that I'll probably plug it again at the end, but I think that anybody who's interested in this topic should also check out our own publication, the Blunt Truth blog, for all the updates in, in this area. To that end, I think, Jen, before we get into sort of a more granular discussion, Sort of for purposes of benchmarking for our audience, would you say in general, sort of which chunks of states have legalized marijuana? Which states are thinking about it? Which states do you think are just a no way? I'm not sure which states are a no way, and I don't really think there are any states like that, quite yeah. frankly. Right now, we're at about over 40 states with a medical marijuana law. I think 15 of those are very, very applicant employee friendly, so to speak, based on either statute itself or some case decision that's interpreted it. Recreational, however, is growing really fast. The states on that list are growing fast. We're right now at around 20. It's been a challenge to keep up, quite frankly. I have a tracker that's probably got about 15 laws pending, whether it be medical or recreational state. But in 2020, one alone, we saw New York and New Jersey enact very, very friendly, probably the most friendly employee applicant marijuana, recreational marijuana laws in the country. And we also saw just in the first six months, New Mexico, Connecticut, Virginia, Alabama, and I'm, I'm sure I missed one or two. But the list is growing very, very fast, and it's going to be soon when we see pretty much some form of marijuana law in all 50 states. Well, some of the southern states are pushing back. I mean, Mississippi, there's 70% of the people are in favor, and the Supreme Court just threw out the bill that was passed. And then, interestingly, Delaware, the legislative session ended without anything passing. So there seems to be a dichotomy between what the general population of a, of a state wants and what the legislators are willing to do in some of those states. Interesting. As more and more states, Jim, continue to you know pass these kinds of legislation, obviously, you know, we were getting questions before all these other states were passing all this other legislation. What are the biggest sort of L and E issues that you see propping up based on your clientele? I mean, I would assume that in California, the CHA and reasonable accommodation would be an issue. I'm sure banking is an issue. Drug testing is probably an issue. In California, we haven't really seen very many issues because the law is fairly clear in my view. There's a Supreme Court case that said employers don't have to accommodate medical marijuana use, so. I think what's going to start happening, though, which is what happened on the East Coast, is that plaintiffs are getting creative and they're filing suit under their disability discrimination statute saying, you employer knew that I had disability and you did nothing to engage in the interactive dialogue. And in those cases, plaintiffs have been winning. And so that's the challenge now. Employers are starting to go through the interactive dialogue. But what does that mean? It raises the other issue that employers are facing, which is, how do we even know somebody is high at work? I mean, a lot of these laws protect off-duty use. What somebody does at home is their own business, but are they going to be high at work? And we don't know that based on a positive test result. And then the other issue, I think, is that 
as we started seeing in the news, some national employers are talking about or have eliminated pre-employment THC testing. And so I think a lot of employers are starting to decide whether or not they should go that route. Some companies, depending on the industry, are finding it hard to find good talent because so many of their applicants and employees smoke pot. So, you know, there's a lot of issues out there, drug testing, accommodation issues, and then obviously maintaining a safe work environment if you have safety-sensitive roles. In California, I know, and I think that we've talked about this, Jen, is that there's the recreational use statute itself is pretty clear that off-duty conduct is protected, right? But during the pandemic, some of the Randy Johnson and I out here, he was in D.C. at the time, we ran into an issue about, you know, what kind of off-duty conduct is protected, specifically political conduct? And the thing about medical marijuana or even recreational marijuana is that it, to some extent, become a political issue in many regards, right? So, like in California, Section 1101 would say that you know, if you do something that's illegal off-duty, then the employer can't discriminate against you, right? What concerns me is, uh, are there other states in which somebody will be, you know, smoking marijuana off-duty, and I know many states have laws like this, and then could the employer discriminate against them? Is that an issue that you guys foresee coming up, maybe not even in California, but in other jurisdictions? Well, I mean, this is exactly what happened in New Jersey and New York, specifically New York. What they did was they amended their off-duty, you know, using products or off-duty conduct law, for lack of a better term, to specifically say that cannabis use is protected. And so they built it into their disability discrimination statute. So now employers essentially in New York cannot test for THC pre-employment because any positive test result obviously is off-duty. A person's never worked for you. And employers are now going to have to be careful about testing during employment because unless you have evidence that the person was actually high at work, a positive test result isn't going to tell you anything except in the last week, couple weeks, maybe even a month, this person smoked pot, again, something they might have done off-duty and, and protected. So I think right now in California it's a little different because the off-duty conduct law in California is pretty old and it's in a separate statute. Yeah. The actual recreational law says employers can still enforce their drug and alcohol testing policies and take action based on test results. So there's a little bit of a tension, but I tend to think that in California it's still extremely employer-friendly, but I do think that that's going to change probably in the next year or so. I mean, we've just been so busy here with COVID and other stuff, I'm not necessarily sure it's top of the list, but it's coming. Interesting. So do you think that there's some kind of legislation that, that needs to be enacted either on the federal level, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit, or even in these jurisdictions that have legalized marijuana to sort of make employers safer from these kinds of claims? Or do you think that the way that the recreational use statutes in general have been promulgated provides a sufficient amount of safety? I think that the way the recreational law is written in California has provided some safety. I think what, to the employers, I think what's happening, though, is that other states are learning from what states like California and others have done or they've seen arguments being made, and so they are becoming more careful about how they draft their laws. Again, going back to New York, they specifically built it into their anti-discrimination statute. So at the end of the day, it's all about writing the correct statute, making sure that it matches up with other laws. I mean, the problem with Colorado, for example, which somebody was using medical marijuana there and they made the argument that, well, the employer can't take action against me because there's an off-duty conduct law. Well, that off-duty conduct law said that the conduct that you were engaging in had to be legal under state and federal law. 
And so you lose. <laughs> so it's Perfect. always going to come yes. down to drafting, yes. and sometimes they don't they don't do the right drafting. Okay, well, that's super interesting, and that will wrap up our conversation for part one of this. And in the next episode, we're going to get into some of the federal laws out there that might be able to help some of these issues that have sprung up. So we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.